Hello, and thanks for tuning in to the Growing Pains podcast brought to you by Honey Kids Asia. This podcast will delve into the deeper challenges of modern parenting and provide a safe space for parents to unravel and detangle the messy and sometimes scary world of modern parenting. My name is Ange. I'm an Aussie expat who has called Singapore home for the last eight years and counting. I'm a mum to two boys, Xavier, who is 10, and Marcel, who is eight. In this episode of the Growing Pains podcast, we're talking to the one and only Chris Edwards, mum of three children and founder of Honey Kids Asia, your favourite parenting website. We want to find out more about this original Honey Kids mummy. Enjoy. Hi, Chris. Well, we finally have you on the podcast. So delighted to talk to you today. Now, of course, I know a lot about you, uh, but for our listeners at home, tell us a little about yourself. Oh, thanks, Ange, and thanks for having me. I'm Chris Edwards. I am a mum to three, what would I call them, high-spirited children, um, <laughs> Evie, who's 13, uh, Louis, who's 11, and Darcy, who's just turned eight last week. Um, and I also am the founder of Honeycombers, Honey Kids, and Launchpad. So that's me in a nutshell. Uh, so I'm going to start with the most obvious question, which is, you know, why did you decide to set up Honey Kids Asia? So I first established Honeycombers uh, in 2008, which is 14 years ago, um, and I started Honeycombers because I was a young person wanting to find cool stuff to do in Singapore. And as a young person without kids, um, I don't really want to read parenting content. So that was Mm. one thing that symboled to me that to keep Honeycombers really relevant to its audience, we really needed a a dedicated space for parents. Um, And I also feel like parents really requires so much help because there's so much learning to do um, and you really don't have any idea what you're embarking on when you when you get pregnant. Uh, and so there's a real need to have a, a content hub that really helps you navigate parenting in Singapore and, and find things from, like, one thing for me, where were the coffee shops that opened early so that when I was up at um, Sparrow's Fart, I could go and get a coffee with my delightful, high-spirited child that didn't sleep a lot. So, yeah, there was a real need for it. It's so true. There's no manual or training program that they put you through when you're a first-time parent, which they have when you're an employee or in a lot of other parts of your life. So having a site or having content that can help you with that, I mean, it's going to be beneficial. Uh, And I'm with you, like, when I first moved to Singapore, the hardest thing for me was that everything opened so late. And my first child, Xavier, he would wake up at 5, 5.30 and I'd just be like, oh my gosh, I can't go anywhere for three hours. Like there's nothing to do. It's yeah. still dark till 7.30. Um, as a founder of a parenting website and as a parent, of course, we've established that yourself. Did you pick up anything from the content on the site? Did you learn a lot or was it things that you were already aware of or... Well, um, there was, I mean, I feel like I'm always learning and, and I feel like the parenting content does keep getting better and better. Like conscious parenting is just a relatively new thing when 13 years ago it wasn't around and I love that. And so I love reading about that and I love hearing about that. So I think there's constantly lots to learn. Um, and I actually did a parenting course. I did a parenting course called, um, 
virtues and it was based on these, uh, I think it was 360 virtues. Was it that many? Um, It was a lot of things that you could teach your children. And uh, it was a great parenting course. And I just really believe that, like what you say, when you're getting a job, you you get trained. And I feel like... I feel like you come across a lot of challenges and you kind of just don't know where to turn. So, yeah, I think there's a lot to constantly be learning and I think the, the, the help out there constantly gets better. Is there any content that you don't vibe with that we put out or any that are like no-goes for you or you wouldn't want us to uh, write about or talk about on Honey Kids? <sighs> Look, um, and you know I love controversy. I, I, I love <laughs> diversity and I love inclusiveness and I want to talk about everything and I want people to be able to feel comfortable to talk about everything. And I don't always agree with some parenting views, but I think um, you've got to respect um, differences and allow people to find their own path. I mean, I, yeah, I, I think you and I are really similar on this and yes. it's it's – Everyone is their own parent. I suppose for me, I, I I had a great childhood and I'm really close to my parents that live next door to me now and I spend a lot of time with them, but I don't necessarily agree with their parenting style and mm. I think maybe my kids won't agree with mine. Like I think we're constantly evolving, um, but it's really nice to see, um, I suppose, uh, open-mindedness and improvements in the way that we um, we approach the challenge of parenting. On your parenting style, what is it? <laughs> oh, God. Um, well, it's a little bit of everything, really. <laughs> um, look, I suppose my big thing is I really want my kids to um, be able to ask me anything. And so nothing's off limits. Uh and I really like treating them with respect to a point and teaching them skills that I wish I had learned. Um, so here's an example. Um, I recently told, I taught Louis, my middle child, he's a very fussy eater. And so I recently taught him a management technique on how to give feedback to dad who cooks dinners. So um, my management technique that I use, which you know, is the feedback sandwich. So something positive, layer of bread, something negative, and then something positive again. And it really just helps um, deliver the message in a really gentle, kind way. So Louis used to go, Dad, I hate this dinner. And I'm not eating it. And it would just really get my husband's back up like, you little brat, you just eat what you're given. And so now Louis approaches it like this. Dad, I really like the effort you put into making this pumpkin curry dal. And I, I really like the way it's presented, but it's not something I like to eat for dinner. So I was wondering if I could have something else. But I really think that everyone else in the family really likes it. I mean, who doesn't want to like uh, help that kid out and get him some pasta from the fridge? But so, yeah, um, I suppose I definitely um, uh, I, I try and upskill my kids as I would um, some, anyone trying to learn from me. And I definitely intermingle my work techniques with my home techniques. Yeah. And look, managing up is a skill that is actually really important. So it's great to hear that Louis already on top of that at 11. <laughs> Maybe he can teach my boys a little. I do most of the cooking at home because I love it. And so because of that, I have a lot of emotional 
kind of feelings that are attached to what I make. And if there is some feedback that isn't positive, I have learned to just, it's okay. Like you've got to take that Ange because I want them to just be like, this was amazing. And they'll be like, oh, it wasn't as good as last time. And, you know, and that's frustrating when you put so much effort in. Um, We hear a lot of commentary and I've actually heard this a lot about, we talk a lot about leaning in, right? So, you know, leaning into our career, leaning into perhaps something we're passionate about. Um, What I wanted to explore with you is, you know, have there been times where you've really lent into your career and other times where you've had to really lean into being a parent or is it a to and fro that happens all the time? Yeah, that's, um, it's really interesting. I'm not sure I believe in leaning in. Um, I think it had a really good moment in time um, and Cheryl Sandberg was the, 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 you know, leader of that concept. But, um, yeah, so, look, um, the first six years that I had honeycombers, I also produced three children. So I I had a really challenging um, first six years of running honeycombers in that I um, didn't really take any maternity leave um, mm. and I was back at work within three weeks with a newborn baby, usually with me and sometimes breastfeeding in the office. Um and so, yeah, hell, I lent in, but it was mainly because I um, am incredibly passionate about my businesses and I wanted to be there. And and also I wasn't in a position where I had the people around me that I could have lent out. So I did change that up and... Um, uh, and you know this very well because actually Ange and I met at a swimming pool at the British Club and I have I was at the point leaning out. I was in the pool with my kids and Ange had actually gotten to know my husband who was doing most of the, the parenting day-to-day. Yes. Um, we were running after five children and trying to keep them from drowning basically <laughs> at that point. <laughs> yes, exactly right. And there was stitches and there was blood and there was, well, my, that was my kids. Your kids were fine, but my, my kids are very, very, um, uh, what would you say? Um, they run towards risk. Rambunctious. You know? Yeah. High-spirited <laughs> is the right term, but they literally, they're like, this is risky. Let's go for it. But anyway, back to leaning in the leaning out. It's a, it, it's a really hard conversation because I think you got to do whatever's right for you, where you are right now. And I really respect people who um, take time out to be with their kids. And I really respect people that go all in. I just think do what's right for you and no one should really have a view on that. But yeah, I've definitely had my experiences of leaning in and then I've had my experience of leaning out. So I, I actually hired a general manager and I stepped right out of the business so that I had this fear. I didn't want to regret um, not being there with the kids. So I, I lent out and had some really good times with the kids. Um, but, you know, I also found it hard to be at home. And mm. I was like, really struggling with this sense of like, okay, this is nice. And I'm definitely ticking the box of I'm doing enough. So I won't look back and regret not being here, but also I'm kind of a little bit bored. Um, and you know, the guilt associated with, um, getting bored, um, being Admitting at home. Admitting it, right? And, There's yeah, this yeah, feeling yeah. that we I can't mean, admit it. I just yeah. whispered it then. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's still there. But yeah. anyway, it's. I just think everyone's got to ride their own race. And I also really want Honey Kids and Honeycombers to be a place where we really support women 
doing that and riding their own race and if you want to work great and if you want to work from home and you know at the moment we've got someone who's never got their screen on because they're always breastfeeding while we're on calls and I just think that's awesome and I just I'm really happy to be able to provide a space that's so safe for people to um, do what's right for them and their family and having kids and work. Hmm. And it's also very positive for the company as well that we can one, provide the space and accommodate all our mums, whatever works for them. But also it's so beneficial for us because they wouldn't be able to work for us if we were inflexible and said, no, you must come to the office, you must have your screen on, you must do these things. So um, it's definitely a mutually beneficial situation. Um, I wanted to ask you about this and see if there is anything that um, comes to mind. But in terms of what you will discuss with your kids, because you've already said, look, I'm really open and honest, like ask me anything. Is there anything that you won't discuss with your kids in terms of topics or anything you really don't want to talk to them about and you're kind of dreading that conversation? <sighs> look, I don't think so. Um, there has been... Um, a little bit of news in Australia uh, with a, an, a publication that's um, a, a female-led publication about my 16-year-old um, is asking me for a vibrator. Mm. And I'm like, that's an interesting one. I'm, I mean, my daughter's 13 uh, and there's been a lot of chat about that. I don't know where I, I feel with that. I feel like I'm only just equipped to deal with a 13-year-old question. So. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I really... I don't think anything should be off limits um, and, yeah, I, I suppose the other big challenge is to guide them but also not to, um, I suppose, uh, force them into your views. Yes, or even just force them to speak, right? That I find I don't have girls, I have two sons and at this stage they're a lot more kind of gendered typical in terms of, and a lot of the time I really have to wait for them to want to talk about something. If I raise a topic, that's not necessarily going to get them to suddenly go, oh yeah, mum, let's talk about gender equality right now, you know, but then when they're in the car and we're driving, they might say, oh, mummy, we read this book at school or this thing happened or, you know, I think I'm a feminist, you know, all those things start coming out if I'm led by them rather than, you know, kind of engaging initially with them from my perspective. Um, You've shared some of your parenting opinions on Honey Kids, and I don't know if they're particularly controversial, but, you know, because one was kind of like, uh, I'll let my kids play with toy guns, which I actually think is controversial for some people, but a lot of people, I mean, Nerf guns are so popular, right? Everyone has them. Um, do you have any opinions that you kind of know are deemed as unpopular or controversial or perhaps you have friends that have had very visceral kind of reactions when you've said, oh, I've done this for my kids? Mm, um, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, it's difficult for me to say that my opinions are controversial. Um, <laughs> I suppose one debate that's happened a lot where I'm living now, which is in Byron Bay, is um, the vaccination debate, which doesn't really happen so much in other locations, but we're the highest anti-vax population of Australia. So mm. that can be tricky um, because, uh, yeah, and, and I... I don't know whether I have a controversial view in it, but that's not so much tricky to navigate with the kids, but tricky to navigate in social situations where you don't want to um, upset or offend people. Um, 
I suppose it's also in the in the culture in which you're living. I probably have controversial views, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And do you think I've got any controversial views? <laughs> no, I mean, the only thing that I would say I'm not in any way against, but I know that some parents would absolutely freak out is that you got the boys' little motorbikes. Oh, yeah. And I thought that was like, I think that's awesome. But at the same time, if they were my kids, you know me, I'd be filled with dread every day that they're going to break something. Yeah, well, we can talk about that. So, um, yeah, I did get the boys' motorbikes just this month. Um, and one of my best friends was like, I can't believe you're doing this. Uh, and I'm like, well, look, they love risk. They love adventure. We live on this small farm. I want them to be away from screens and outdoors and challenging themselves physically. I grew up on motorbikes, so it's not um, that odd for me. And she kind of went and hung out with her 14-year-old son and they were actually sitting on a um, on a playground and she said to him, get up on the high bar and do a swing. And he said, oh, no, mum, that's way too dangerous. And so she came back to me and she said, I actually can see why you got your boys' motorbikes. Like people need to take risks and they need to push themselves. And so she's reflected on her own parenting journey that she's been so careful with her son. Now this son is really careful and age 14 doesn't want to get up on the the playground. So I I mean, look, they've got helmets on. Um, I I don't think they could break a limb. Um, uh, the worst thing I think that could happen is they could. Um, well, look, they've already they've all fallen off. Um, but you know, when a when a bike falls, at the moment they're not going very fast. But um, yeah, I suppose the worst thing I think that could happen is they could get potentially. <laughs> sounds terrible, but maybe a, a motorbike burn on your skin. Yes. But yeah, um, yeah I feel like. Um, the sense of freedom and fun and adrenaline you can have. Uh, and I want them, to, I do also believe that kids need to take, take risks and they need to find fun in their life because if you don't find it as a child, then you, you, you will be really hard to find it as an adult. And, and I do think that your sense of happiness as an adult will often come back to finding your inner child and doing fun things. But yeah, no, I mean, they all love, um, uh, roller coasters and anything fast and scary. That's, that's what a high spirited person is into. So yeah, it, it, I suppose it's controversial, but um, it all depends on your own life experiences, doesn't it? Mm. It's also that whole, you know, we don't want the kids to grow up too fast. I, I know that now your eldest Evie is 13, so that ship may have sailed now, you know, but in terms of there's something about being a child that we all look back on and go, oh, that was the time when we didn't have these worries or we didn't care about, we didn't even know that there were, you know, clothes that we should wear or shouldn't wear or this or that or who had this or we were just kids like running around with sticks and being silly in a playground or, you know, and it's one of those things that you never get back, right? So I definitely think one of the biggest responsibilities we have as a parent is to try and protect our kids' childhood so they don't grow up too fast. Mm. And so that's keeping them off social media for as long as possible or letting them know they can wear whatever they want or walk in the house naked or just not care. Um, so I do think that's, that's important. 
You're listening to the Honey Kids Podcast Growing Pains. I'm your host, Ange Neo. Did you know that over half a million mums and dads read Honey Kids every month? Amazing but true. If you'd like to know all the great things to do in Singapore, then you absolutely need to subscribe to our newsletter. It delivers the best of Singapore right into your inbox every week. I know that you mentioned... And I, I can't cite the references to where, Chris, but I do know that you mentioned once that you can't wait for your kids to move out when they're 18. Uh-huh. Tell me a little <laughs> about this. <laughs> well, Have you got plans? <laughs> oh, my God, yes. I'm always planning. Um, so my husband and I were together 10 years before we had kids. So we met when I was 18. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had a lot of adventures and fun and we backpacked together and we did lots of cool stuff together. And um, so I, I have this experience of just having uninterrupted conversations with him and, and, and you know, whilst um, my kids are great and I do adore them and, you know, that's a large part of what brings me joy in my life, I am also looking forward to them becoming adults and to have adult children I think is pretty cool too. Um, you know, my... Dad kind of always says that he really started to enjoy us once we became teenagers and you can kind of um, help shape them more or help, you know, um, be have a more significant part in their life is what I think he enjoyed. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to having um, more adult children. And, I, I mean, I had three kids because I, I, I love um, the family life and we do a lot of family things together. Um and I don't want that to change, but I, I I presume that you don't have to see Disney movies, you know, like I think yeah. you can do more adult things together. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> it's so nice when you can just say, oh, you're coming along to do this thing that I want to do rather yeah. than when they're toddlers, it's very focused on what is what they want to do. Exactly. Right? Uh, what was the reason that you decided, you know, you were here in Singapore for 11 years. What was it that drew you back to Australia? Um, I think I wanted my kids to grow up in their own culture. So I, I loved living in Singapore, but you are a foreigner as an expat. And so I think I wanted them to have a sense of, of what it is to be Australian, uh, in all its good and bad, in all its glory. Uh, I just felt like that's something I wanted for them. And how is it running a business from Australia when, you know, we, I'm not sure that everyone on that li- is listening today knows, but, you know, we have a team in Hong Kong, Bali and also in Singapore. So how is it running that business remotely? Um, well, it's a lot of time on Zoom, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's kind of got pluses and minuses. So one thing that I really love is it helps me have better boundaries. I think I have a tendency to work 15 hours a day. So I think just with a two or three hour time zone difference, it means I can't talk to anyone until about midday, which means I I force myself to go and do some exercise or do some thinking time. So that really helps. And um, look, I don't think you would ever design a business in different countries to the country you're living in, but it kind of works. What do you love and loathe about Singapore? How long have you got? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I love the food. I love the... Oh, it's just uh, so much, so much. I love, I love the mixture of the cultures. I love the friendliness. I love the taxi uncles. I love the greenness. I love, um, gosh... I love the expat community, you know, like you, you find your friends really quickly when you're a foreigner. There's so much to love. 
I love the brunches. I love the free flow. I mean, we had a great 11 years here. It was really, really fun. Oh my goodness. I love having help. That was a big thing. <laughs> I had this most divine helper, Sylvia. Shout out to Sylvia. Um, <laughs> that really made it all possible. Like, I don't think I could have done what I've done without having a third parent at home. Basically, she was with us for nine years. So she really helped um, raise our kids. So yeah, um, that's everything I love pretty much. Um, I'm sure I've forgotten things. What do I lo- loathe? Um, I don't particularly like the humidity, which is probably no big surprise. I don't really like not being able to be outdoors and lying in the sun. I just I love that winter sun feeling. It's so relaxing to lie on the lawn and soak up the sun. That's what I really missed. Um I didn't say I love the tax system and the regulation. I do love that. I love the tax system. I love how easy it is to set up a business here. Um, What else do I loathe? There's not too many other things I loathe. I think I could easily come back and live in Singapore again. So you've got three kids, but I know that you have on occasion referred to your businesses as your fourth baby or fourth child. Explain that a little for our listeners. Oh, well, I'm really passionate about my businesses and I'm, I'm, I love them. I love my businesses dearly. I think about them all the time and it's so much like my, my kids. Like I love them to death and I'm constantly thinking about them and I'm worrying about things that aren't really things to worry about, which is the same as how I feel about what I'm doing at work. So yeah, there's lots of parallels. I often describe my business journey as being really hard like childbirth (laughs) until it became really easy. And I feel like, um, you know, I'm in a sweet spot now with my kids. They're a lot of fun. Um, You know, they they are really appreciative of of their lifestyle and, and, and the things that we can do with them. And yeah, it's very, very enjoyable. So um, lots of parallels. So I'm going to put you on the spot with some more questions. We asked the team to add some spicy questions to ask Chris Edwards anonymously so they could ask anything that they would like. First one, what is the biggest faux pas you've made when it comes to running your business? Is there anything? Oh, my goodness. What is the biggest faux pas? Wow. Um... Uh, which department would you like me to answer that? <laughs> um, look, um, I think probably taking my children and breastfeeding them in front of clients was probably not a good idea. <laughs> well, um, it probably was a good idea. It was the first time maybe they've been in yeah. the presence of a nursing mum, which oh. is very natural. Oh, I remember <laughs> it so clearly. Um, yeah, look, I don't know. Biggest faux pas. I had a horrendous um, accounting error that ended me up with a six-figure debt to the Singapore government. That was not, um, yeah, that was not (laughs) a happy time. Um, Yeah, I think, what else have I done? I mean, honestly, there's been so many, so many ups and downs. It really has been a bit of a roller coaster. Do you have a business you love more, Honeycombers, Honey Kids or Launchpad? Mm, no, I don't, to be honest. I feel like um, they all require something really different from me. So Honeycombers is a very mature business. Honey Kids has lots of new things happening, like this podcast, for example. And Launchpad's the one that requires the most of me right now because it is in its first um, it's eight months. It's your infant. <laughs> it's my baby. It's my newborn. But yeah, yeah it requires a lot of time. 
Do you have a child that you think will inherit the businesses or is leaning towards having more of an interest perhaps? So you're kind of like, oh, yeah, Louis the one or Evie's the one or Darcy. Oh, I, I don't No, I don't. I don't see any of them inheriting the, the businesses. Um, I think their connection to Singapore is not or Hong Kong or Bali is not as strong as what it used to be. Um, so no, I don't. I don't see this as being some big family dynasty. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever had to deal with a difficult employee, and how did you handle the situation? Oh, um, yes, of course. I think. Uh, having employees, you always have difficult situations, always. Uh, and look, um, I think the only way to handle difficult situations is really, I suppose there's a few things, but to spend some time thinking about it before you have conversations. So pre-planning, um, put yourself in their shoes, which my very wise HR manager often says to me. Um, and I suppose um, really thinking through um, how what does success look like from the outcome from this conversation? Like what's 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 the ultimate goal here, mm-hmm. and and finding that commonality. Do you have any projects or businesses that you've launched and regretted? Yep, yep. I I don't think I regret any of them, but I've I've had three um, websites that we've launched and closed down. So we. We launched into Jakarta, Honeycomb is Jakarta. We launched a activity booking platform called Honey Kids Go. And we also launched a bridal site called Honey Bright. So we've done lots of things. Um, it's definitely not a straight line. It's definitely trying trying different things and, and testing them out and seeing if they're going to fly or not. What's one unique thing or perhaps unknown thing about you that you could share with us? Oh, um, well, I suppose um, one thing that not many people know is I have a very strong nickname. Um, I'm, I'm really scared to, to say it, but I'm trying to think about what else I could share with you. But um, okay, so my nickname is Pete uh, and all my family call me Pete. And my husband also has a really strong nickname. His nickname is Frogger, which a lot of you will know. Um, of those who work with me, he's Frogger to me. So um, in our family, we're Pete and Frogger. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Where did Pete come from? Um, when I was very little, I was nicknamed PT for pint size because I was small. So PT turned into Pete Ski and turned into Pete. And yeah, like when I first got a mobile phone, my voicemail message used to say, Hi, you've called Chris. Um, please leave a message. And my mum used to ring up and go, Oh, <laughs> oh hi, Chris. <laughs> and I'm like, Mom, you chose the name. And she's like, Oh, hi, because she thinks it's so funny that I'd call myself Chris. <laughs> it's for those of our listeners who aren't Australian, possibly the most Australian thing you can do is give yourself or other people a nickname. Like most of us are not known by oh, our full name. name. So yeah, it's, it's just, true. it's very in the kind of vernacular. Uh, we have three questions we ask all our guests and you are also one of those. Uh, worst parenting moment that you can remember? 
Um, uh, well, I'm going to give you two because they're quite similar. Maybe mm. three. So <laughs> Evie was a runner, Evie um, at two. I lost her in Jurong Bird Park when she was two. I lost her in East Coast Park. Can you imagine losing a child in the size of that park? Mm. Also when she was about two and a half. And then I lost her in a condo. She actually caught the lift down um, when she was like three. Um, yeah, I mean... She just has no fear, fearless Evie. So, um, yeah, they're, they're my worst parenting moments. What about the best parenting moment? Oh, wow. Um, okay. Um, well, there's been a lot, but I think one parenting moment that was very early, very early on was um, I, when I was pregnant with Evie, I had to um, do that test, I've forgotten what it's called, where they put a needle in your tummy and they take some embryotic fluid because they had, she had um, markers that were showing that she could not be a healthy um, baby. And um, so it took five days to get the test results and it was terrifying. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the doctors had told me that, you know, termination would be one of the things that they would ask me to consider. And so um, finding out that I was going to have a pregnant, a, a healthy baby after those test results was um, one of just the most sense of relief that I've, I've, I've had. And that was just so early on. Like I didn't, I didn't even, I wasn't even a parent. I was mm. just a pregnant mum. But, you know, it was so, so scary. And I remember beautiful um, TC Chang, my obstetrician, ringing me and saying, how are you feeling? And I was like... Oh my God, I've been on an emotional roller coaster. I'm a wreck and I'm so worried. And he said, No, I meant, how's your wound? And I'm like, It's a needle prick in my tummy. <laughs> like, the emotional turmoil of these last five days have been horrific. But anyway, um, he was a great obsti. But uh, TC's chain question was, just sticks with me so clearly. And what's one thing you wish you knew before you became a parent? I don't think you want to know much at all, really. <laughs> Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> Look, um, someone told me this expression once that in every day there's a bad hour, in every week there's a bad day, day and in every month there's a bad week. And, and the one thing that's constant is change. So whenever you think you're getting the hang of it, um, it it'll change. And so I think the biggest learning you can get as a parent is, is just not to get too fixated on the little things right now and know that you, you're evolving and your baby's growing and changing. And, and so, you know, like, just don't sweat the small stuff. I think that's what I, I, I also feel like everyone focuses on the pregnancy too much. You know, like we've all read mm. those pregnancy books, but the hard bits once they're out, you know, like, so I just, I don't know. I, I feel like there should be more focus on everything you need to learn as a parent. Um, but you just need to enjoy the ride, I suppose. So Chris, or should I say Pete, <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, thanks, Sanj. Thank you, Chris, for our chat today. I am now joined by our Honey Kids designer, Emily, to chat with us a little about what else we can find on our site. 
Thanks, Ange. Hi, everyone. Emily here. If you want to know more about Chris, then head on over to our site. She's written lots of articles from the juggle and struggle of parenting to whether moms can have it all. And if you're a solo entrepreneur and looking for the kindness community of fellow business owners, then be sure to check out Chris's latest addition to the Honeycombers family, Launchpad. You can find out more at the launchpad.group. As always, don't forget to subscribe to our weekly newsletter and follow us on social media. Well, that's it for this episode of Growing Pains and also that's it for season two of Growing Pains. Thank you for listening and we will see you next time.